0: Hey everybody! Welcome back to another episode of Pints and Perspectives, a podcast hosted by Wellhouse Church, where we believe that there's a plethora of theological perspectives and plenty of beer to go around.
1: Oh, we're recording! <laughs> I didn't know. Man, I'm so thankful for those red lights because clearly you didn't want to say anything about it. So uh, I could have had a hot mic moment and said anything, and you I would know. have definitely published it. No,
0: I never. Yes, pu- I word. never publish our random like beginning nonsense.
1: Just depends on how good it is. Hey, welcome to pints and perspectives, plural, because there's more than one.
0: More uh, than one.
1: Uh, and we might not actually drink pints, but we certainly got lots of perspectives. And I have a pint today. You actually? Yeah, look at that.
0: <laughs> What's up? Hey, man, it's a good
1: day. It's a good day. I'm tired. I'm I'm a little fatigued, A little low energy. Yeah. I apologize uh, to the viewers. It's I know. been a
0: been a hot week. This is the week of the tornado.
1: The tornado. That's right. Deer Park, Pasadena. Shout out Baytown, all y'all down there. Yep. I, I saw a report though that there are no injuries. I mean, lots of like devastation in terms of like uh, property damage, but
0: well, I, I find that real hard to believe because because uh, it
1: was toe up from the flow up.
0: Well, and the like the heart of the damage was actually done to a nursing home, uh, like an in, in resident senior oh, living facility goodness. in Deer Park, Pasadena area. And actually, one of the lawyers that works uh, on my floor, uh, his wife works there.
1: Oh, goodness, was she okay? Uh,
0: she actually went home early Oof. with uh, a migraine or something, and so she was safe. And I think everyone in the overall being largely safe, but there's no way to, you know, determine how that might impact an elderly person that's in a assisted living facility.
1: Yeah. So, you know, it's... Um, why, you know, why would a good God allow something so terrible to happen?
0: That is what we're going to talk about today. <laughs> Hence the reason I brought it oh, up. Oh, if you're plot line. Well, if you're in the insurance business, you know that they call these acts, acts of God.
1: Yeah, that's right, because... Who else is responsible for it? But wait, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Let's hey, drink. Hey, um, all right, look. So Cullen said, <clears throat> what beer do you want? I started looking around. There's some freaking coffee beer. Like, don't put coffee in beer. Uh, I, look, I know there's a market for it. It's not me. Um, and then I noticed this beautiful, beautiful beer. It is a New Belgium triple Belgian style ale. I love Belgian styles. Um, they have their place. Uh, they're very, they're usually very uh, malty, and they have a very unique yeast flavor. Um, that's about all I know about them. And uh, normally they're pretty boozy, but this one's only eight and a half percent. New Belgium is a staple. Uh, there's, you know, we talk about Fat Tire on this podcast frequently, so I'm looking forward Which, to it.
0: Shout out about mm-hmm. Fat Tire when I was uh, in Kroger today buying beer. Uh, they changed the look.
1: Well right. Yeah. We talked about this on the last podcast. No, they right? changed it again. Again again? Yeah. Well yeah. you know, I can tell that this is a new um cap for um, Yeah. Anyway.
0: So the thing about um Belgian style ales, uh that I think is funny is you know, my family lived in Belgium, my dad for right. two years, um, my mom for a year. That's where Clayton was born. No. I'm that's just kidding. where Clayton did <laughs> I'm just kidding. uh Clayton did spend his senior year of high school there though. That's cool. Uh, Yeah, pretty cool story. Anyways, um, the story on these are you can have doubles, triples, and quads. um, And it's all from an ancient tradition of Belgian brewing. And it's all about the technique or length. I can't remember exactly the specifics, but they go and like there's this, you know, the regular beer, and then there's the double, the triple, or the double, the triple, and then the the quad. And um, uh, Belgian beer brew. Belgium is the brewing capital of the world. Like huh. there, there is more beer brewed per capita in Belgium than huh. any other country in the world. Interesting. And its history is all goes all the way back
1: to monks and yeah. Trappist. Yeah, brewing. so Trappist ale is like a thing too.
0: Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, and I have something that Adam brought uh, from his neighborhood. This is from Great Heights Brewing.
1: Goof. Uh, that's what we call ourselves we think we're really cool yeah. it's really just a gentrified white utopia yeah i inherited in
0: <laughs> that is white privilege you I, well, I, was also born, in.
1: I was also born in the neighborhood so you know i'm a legacy um <laughs> great heights brewing which is on wakefield i used to live on wakefield uh they're a great brewery um locally owned and so what's the name of that beer cullen it's
0: the Blue Tile IPA.
1: Yeah, so it—that's uh, an ode to it's
0: a—it's a pool tile, right?
1: Nope, to the neighborhood. So in the Goof Garden Oaks Oak Forest area, uh, the on the curbs at the ends of the blocks, the street names, uh, like when the when the uh, develops the developments were first built, because they were like planned communities. I don't, I don't know if playing communities is the right word i think that's a technical term anyways long story short uh on the curbs the street t- the streets were written in tile like little mosaics uh blue on white and so it's 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 a nod to the neighborhood goof
0: hey i dig it it's 6.6 abv
1: i'm interested to see what you think about it i've had it many times well cheers Sorry. cheers my guy Mhm. Oh. You go first.
0: Um <clears throat> It has a little more malt than I expected it to okay. have. Okay. Um I like it a lot. It
1: it's not the best IPA in the world.
0: No, no. But the thing that... It feels really balanced for what it is.
1: I feel like it's a little light, honestly, um, for an IPA. I want a little bit... I want it a little heavier. Uh, uh, like, I think... I think You want I some mean, more body to it? I want some more body to it. That's, that's, that's my review of it. Yeah. But the hops is great, really. Um, I don't know what kind of hops they use. It might be on the can somewhere, but it... uh the 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 bitter is good.
0: Yeah, it's a uh, I was actually going to say I think it's a little light on the hot. Streak. Oh, OK. All right. All right. Um, and but that's why I was saying I think it's good for what it is. Yeah. And when it's a lighter hopped IPA, I think it's nice to balance it out um, a little bit. And I yeah. think they do a pretty good job of that. It I, I mean,
1: it's a good drinking IPA.
0: Yeah, I think it. Yeah, I think I'm somewhere in like the seven four. Like it's Ooh. a good middle of the road IPA. I probably nice. wouldn't. Like I would probably there if I was going to buy a six pack, there are probably other IPAs I'd go for.
1: Well, you can stop by the brewery, uh, which is down the street, and uh, you can buy multiple six packs. Um, this triple. What is it about Belgian style ales? They just have like there is. They are a flavor. Just they, just, I guess it's the yeast is different or whatever, Britannomyces yes. or yes. some kind of yeast. It's thing.
0: absolutely the yeast because that is one thing that Europe does really well that America does not do
1: well. There's so much flavor. Is
0: Europe uses different kinds of yeast mm. uh, and yeast is a very carefully thought out ingredient.
1: Well, it's alive.
0: Correct. Whereas over here, we don't really treat yeast like that.
1: Typical Americans. Well, we do hops and malt. Ah, <laughs> uh, right, right, right. Interesting. We've
0: interesting. just taken a different kind of approach to how we do the interesting. specialties.
1: Okay, yeah. Well, excellent beer. Um, I'm always a big fan. It is um, a little bit, I don't know what word to use. Um. It's it's a little, I don't know, guys. I should read it like a how-to um, uh, sommelier beer. Um, I want a little bit more flavor. It, it, it's, it's, it's a little bit uh, uh, lacking for me. I, I want a little bit more bite to it. I want a little bit more uh, complexity to it. Uh, I think it's 8%. Um, yeah, I don't know. So I'm going to give it A.
0: Six. That's about right. Triples are not actually
1: my favorite. You like that? Quads? What's the one with the elephant on it? It's delirium, but that's that's like. Uh, anyways, I'm not familiar. We'll get one for the for the show. Okay. All right, Cullen. Yes, sir. Why do bad things happen to good people? And if there is a good and loving God, why doesn't He stop it? This is the question the question dude i did a little bit i did a little bit um i, I look I'm, I'm coming on this evening to find some perspectives to say that i'm having a little bit of uh existential crisis oh <laughs> <laughs> look man well i don't know what you you set it up you set up the series and then i'll then i'll banter
0: well okay so <clears throat> what we want to do is we want to have a uh, a series through this discussion and like any time we approach a topic i want to do it different i don't want to approach it the same old way i mean i could get on some you know quick introductory all the philosophical elements i could track you through the history of Three the problem points of in evil a poll. i could talk about Chris's victor atonement. like i could do all of it and build you this big like course on the problem of evil Or we could take all of those elements and we could approach this from different viewpoints or perspectives. Uh, So that's what we're going to do. We're going to have an introductory episode to the conversation today. And then over the next three weeks, we're going to have a conversation about the problem of evil, but we're going to view it from the perspective of God. From okay. the perspective of Satan. The, Satan. The, the adversary. Yes. What we say is, you know. Uh, well, the devil. Yep. Um, the and enemy. then we're going to look at it from the perspective of a human.
1: Hmm. Okay.
0: Now, why are you in an existential crisis about this? So. Situation?
1: I started doing a little bit of work uh just to like prep for the for the show. Uh and I um <laughs> so I I went back to two trusty old sources. Ooh. <laughs> um Tom Wright. Uh huh. Evil and the Justice of God. Uh well, no. I mean yes, I did pull that book off the shelf and I did thumb through, but um I actually, he, he so there's this podcast series out there in the world. I don't know if they're still producing, but it's called "Ask NT Write Anything." and it's it's just like topical they
0: are still alive and well
1: okay so there's like 30 minute episodes well they're
0: like, also yeah there's nt right online and yeah
1: it's, it's an offshoot of nt right online it's like a marketing yep. ploy for nt right online anyways okay um so i uh i found i remembered that he had done like a really good uh episode on it and in it he does a little summary of basically the the thesis of that book. Um, and so in the back recesses of my brain, I knew that. And so I went and found the podcast and I listened to it. Got, it, got Um, and then the other source was, um, William Lane Craig. Oh, philosophical, uh, theology. F- philosophical apologist. Yep. Maybe perhaps the most f- famous living. apologist. Oh yeah. He,
0: he is the guy. Yeah. If okay, you yeah. want, if you want his vein of voice, Uh, He is the premier person to represent that perspective.
1: So, um, and also taught for a while at- um, Our alma mater. At our alma mater. Um, But, yeah, so I-
0: I think he still does.
1: Maybe he does. Yeah, I don't know. He's like a visiting professor. So, I also just found a, a talk on him just like, you know, refuting, uh, uh, the problem of evil, uh, an, an atheist, uh, how would, how did he say it? So basically he's like, that's the, he says that that's the linchpin for atheist arguments against God is the majority of them are all rooted in the problem of evil. Uh, and so here's how to refute the problem of evil. So I listened to his setup on it. Right. So, uh, all that to say, um, uh, and we can get into those different things and, 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 uh, what I thought and what bothered me, but the existential crisis is, I think, man, like, okay, so one of the arguments that Craig makes is that when asking this question, so look, I'll set up my existential crisis and then we'll, get, we'll circle back around. But I when, wish you
0: just do something.
1: But when, <laughs> but when you ask the question, how can a good God allow suffering to occur because the Uh problem of evil is also the problem of suffering. Mm -hmm. Uh, it goes by many names. Um, how that, that the person asking that question is, has to defend that question rather than the Christian, the believer who believes in a good God uh, and believes that that is possible. Uh, and they don't have to actually defend that. Do you you have thoughts on this? It was his way out of it.
0: Yes. Well, and this this is my complaint with Raymond okay. Craig. Um, we should not be having this conversation for the sole purpose of trying to convince atheists that they're wrong.
1: Okay, so motivation. Let's talk about motivation. Yeah, if
0: if that's the motivation of this conversation, that's definitely his motivation. <laughs> you've approached it wrong.
1: Okay, yeah, that's what. Well, you, you have point.
0: a flawed foundation of what you're trying to do. Yeah, right. Right. He's trying um, to win an argument. Which that's never going to be good because might I remind everyone that arguments in our in the way that we have framed them in our metaphorical construct, argument is a war. It's a battle that I'm having with someone else. Yeah. That's not the approach that I think is helpful to a conversation about why a omnibenevolent God Allow suffering yeah. when the voice of the benevolent is a belligerent person trying to win an argument. Got I it. think all of it sets up a flawed foundation. Okay, so that's how I feel about it. His it's a his is a non-answer.
1: So where, so the second place he goes to, I'm getting to my existential crisis here. The second place he goes to is the majority of people who who uh, have lost their faith in God because of the problem of evil which we will still define this in a minute. Um the, the majority of people that have that problem that lose their faith is because they are having an emotional they're asking an emotional question not an intellectually honest question that it is fueled by their emotions and what he means by it is it's fueled by their personal experience something tragic happens to them Um, He actually tells some really horrific stories about these terrible things that happen to kids (laughs) to prove that like evil exists in the world, like suffering exists in the world. But he's like, you know, people have these terrible, tragic experiences and they go, how could God let that happen to me or to this child or to um, all the people in Deer Park, Texas? Uh, Right. And so because they can't reconcile the emotions of good and tragic and those going together then that's why they they and i think that's me
0: that's a fallacious that's a, a fallacious premises
1: okay great so argue with um the apologist of our time
0: well <laughs> you can't fault someone for having an emotional res- well you can't have you can't fault someone for having an emotional response To an experience to get them out of a faith when it's an emotional response experience that got them into that faith.
1: Oh, okay. Okay. Like you can't, you don't get
0: to just change the rules anymore. Emotions
1: count now, but not now. Ask Paul. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Interesting. Interesting. Interesting response. Okay. So we'll get more into that. But the problem of evil goes by multiple names the problem of suffering. And it's important to point out here that when we talk about the problem of evil, it is not necessarily evil. Um, we're not defining as like, like, uh, uh, we're not defining evil as like Satan and demons. Yeah. That is part of it.
0: Well, okay. So we're also talking
1: about tornadoes.
0: Well, and we need to have a conversation about this because this conversation That has evolved over thousands of years about the problem of evil and been approached from a myriad of different perspectives. I mean, one of the things that everybody has to understand and has been presented here today because of your uh, reference to William Lane Craig is that philosophy Mm -hmm. is always been. It is, has been, and always will be theology's main conversation.
1: Right. We've said this before. Yeah. And so
0: because of that, philosophy is this interesting thing where it's the free thought of university, yeah. scholarly university, which if you look through history, the greatest revolutions, the most progressive movements all begin at the college university level. Because that's where people are researching. That's where people are expanding. That's where do, people are doing critical thinking. Oh,
1: that's where they get radicalized into wokeness. Yes. And CRT. Yes. Yeah, got it.
0: And so, and it's always been that way. <laughs> University always liberalizes people. It's true. Just how it it's works. It's true.
1: Interesting that education and critical thinking skills makes... Anyways, this is we're not talking politics right now. Go so,
0: ahead. So I say all of that to say... I say all of that to say that with that philosophy becomes this interesting thing where it becomes the driver of the academic culture conversation with theology. Sure. And so this kind of came to a head with Thomas Aquinas, it's right? He is the philosophical theologian of the middle ages that like puts all of this on the map and like, you know, the 13th century or something. Um, when, when that happens, this conversation about how we define evil in the conversation of the problem of evil has changed throughout history. Yeah. We are viewing that quite different than today than they were in the year three hundred. Yeah. Right? That evil is a moving target. Yeah. So no, I definitely don't just mean Satan and demons.
1: Yeah. So what are we talking about then? <sighs>
0: what do you think we're talking about?
1: Yeah. So I think it is a natural theology question. It's a philosophical, natural theology question. Um, I, I'm not talking about evil in a spiritual sense. When, when I talk about my hangup with the problem of evil, I mean it in a natural theological categorical sense. Um, tornado rips through Joplin, Missouri and kills, you know, all sorts, you know, all these things. Uh, 19 people die in Uvalde in the elementary school in Uvalde, Texas. Um, you know, uh, 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 uh. you mean
0: you mean evil in a tangible
1: way, in a, so in, you, in you, bad yeah. things happening.
0: Yeah. That's what I mean too,
1: right? Um, now,
0: very real, bad, hard things.
1: Sure. Now, theologically, you could describe all those to like Satan, but that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about suffering. We're talking about disease. We're talking about war. We're talking about poverty. Poverty, injustice, hunger. injustice is a massive one, hunger, uh, houselessness, name them all, trafficking, I work in child welfare, I see it every day, right? Um, if there is an all-powerful, all-knowing, and all-loving, all-good uh, God, who is the creator, who is the creator of, The, the, um, the first and the last, the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end, how, uh, how can, let's see, is it possible for an omni God who is all loving to also allow suffering and tragedy and injustice occur? in the creation they created. How how do you reconcile those things? That is what I mean by the problem of evil.
0: That's what everybody means by the problem of evil. Right,
1: I'm just defining, yeah, right. This is not a spiritual warfare conversation. No, no, no,
0: this is certainly not that. Um, This is a very real question of why are people in the world experiencing death, harm, injury, the holocaust. Yeah. If there's a good this god, this is a great one. If
1: there's a good god, you know, and we know that there are good Jesus-loving Christians in 1928 Germany, then why do we get to 6 million massacred pe- Jews who are people of Yahweh God? Yeah. Right? Like what how yep. how does that happen? Right now so the so the well go ahead you're gonna no, go so like the response is this is what okay you know what nt response responses mystery there's just some things that we cannot know because god ain't us and we ain't god and he has ways that aren't our ways and, and we can argue all the philosophical, we can William Lane Craig the heck out of it, but truth be told, uh, th- there's some other stuff that Wright says if we want to get into it, but um, that I thought was really interesting. Uh, uh, he said that the atheist, uh, I'll just do it. He said that the atheist doesn't have, the, the atheist is not worried about the problem of evil. The, the atheist just uh, goes ahead and says evil is. The atheist has a problem of good. The atheist has to prove why people do good things, not figure out why they do bad things. He's not wrong. It is compelling. <laughs> Existential crisis happening over here. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm diving into it. Yeah.
0: Well, I think so. People deal with it lots of different ways. I mean, you can deal with it, well, People do loopholes and runarounds um, to try to find some explanation of it that fits within their construct that they have about God, and there's a plenty of them that we'll get into over the series. But what you have to understand is that all of these, you could all of these moves that people make, you could chart on a um, on a linear axis, mm. um, and on one side it's going to be God's ultimate power. And then on the other side, it's going to be God's most limited power. Yeah. And it's a, a spectrum across there. And each of these are going to fall somewhere on that spectrum because you only deal with the problem of evil by strengthening God's power and understanding and presence in the world. This would be like a, a really reformed understanding of, right. of God. and Super, like, like hyper-determinist. Yeah, like really providential. Yeah. Uh, which also puts God on the hook.
1: He, he's the author of evil, man.
0: <laughs> yeah. like, it puts God uh, on the hook for we'll a get, lot we'll of get that there, evil but I experience. Just, exactly. Yeah. Um, and then on the other side, you lessen God's power uh-huh. and you let God off the hook for evil, but you also lessen God's power, right. which can lead some people to have what has been called a gumby god
1: what what i don't know this term
0: oh yes a god that is the not powerful god it is just a piece of clay uh that's just along for the ride just there in your passenger seat and so it can for some people can create the gumby god is a pejorative term sure um but what they're trying to say is that if a god has no power why are you asking that god to do anything why do you need that God if they can't if they don't have power to do something
1: yeah, so if you keep riding the train down that track, you end up in atheism
0: well, you just end up in agnosticism you're just like, okay if it's right. there I don't right yeah, like right and so it, so this spectrum is what we will run the gambit of uh through this series because we'll go all the way from God having like damn near no power mm-hmm. And then we will also have some conversations where God is like the grand puppeteer. Mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. has ultimate power.
1: That sounds like a bad God to me. Uh, I would agree, actually. Yeah, I would
0: agree that the God that has supreme ultimate power is a bad God.
1: Yeah, I mean, so what else do we want to do on this episode then? I mean, it is... It, it, this is the thing like when I when I work through all the different questions it always comes back to this. And uh I and I do like it should be stated that like despite the thousands of years of Christian apologetics around this question in particular uh I, th- th- it's still a debate. Oh, this was my hang up too. Unsettled.
0: Yeah, this was my hang up and I would even say it's unsettled for me still. Uh, I still wrestle back and forth with some of these things. You're going to hear us talk a lot about um, open theism or panentheism uh, through this series. Uh, some people in like the philosophical world will call it free will theism.
1: I hate well, that term. Well, this is this is the deal, right? It, it is uh, definitely connected to the free will of humanity. This question is about the free will of humanity and the sovereignty of God.
0: Yes, it, it absolutely is. But the final thing that I think I would want to say in an introductory episode is the reason that this conversation continues to exist, this conversation would have been dead in the water if the Bible stopped at the First Testament. Uh,
1: Okay, say say more. Okay, I was going to ask. Okay, go ahead. Wait, go ahead.
0: If the Christian tradition doesn't introduce the New Testament into existence where Jesus is presented as God, as one with God, is worshipped as God, um, and that God endures all of the suffering. Hmm. If that didn't happen, this conversation is dead in the water. We are not having this conversation if that never got introduced into the world. That was a game changer.
1: Are you saying because the God of the Old Testament is the author of evil? No,
0: but what I am saying is... The cause of suffering? What I am saying is that in some places, and they are unfortunately some of the most revered stories, in some places of the First Testament, God appears to be this all-powerful, not-a-care-in-the-world kind of God. Mm -hmm. One that tells... Their people to go and conquer, mm-hmm.
1: to go commit do the, genocide. Yeah, commit do, genocide, do, do the Canaanite
0: conquest. Um, I mean, multiple times. Do,
1: do some ethnic cleansing here and there.
0: Yeah, I mean, story of Noah's ark, right? I got to attach to my arm. Uh, that's a story where God just cannot deal with the evil that's in the world anymore.
1: God's a murderer. And God
0: says, you know what? I'm going to kill them all except Noah and his family.
1: But then he chills out after Jesus comes to Earth. See, this is what we got to get into. This is we're already. Into we'll the get
0: more episode. into this, but that character mm-hmm. of the first testament mm-hmm. has no business showing up in the New Testament the way they do. Okay. And because they show up that
1: way, maybe it's a different God entirely. Oh, uh, I. <laughs> <laughs> we we've already established that I'm a heretic. that
0: move of jesus and what jesus endures and conquering of that suffering that he endured yeah that's what allows space for this conversation
1: i hear you yeah i mean that's that's fair jesus is the answer
0: with G- yes. Jesus is the answer.
1: Jesus is
0: well, okay, so on one side Jesus is the answer. On the other side, Jesus is a smoking gun.
1: It's smoking hot. I <laughs> guess. How's that for a problem? <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh it's like a hell problem. <laughs>
1: he went to hell remember he goes down and he hangs out for and he releases the bosom or something three days and so now he's smoking hot hot. are we done here (laughs) we're done here
0: thanks for listening to pints and perspectives podcast hosted by wellhouse church be sure to give us a rating and review
1: if you enjoyed the episode it's free and it helps us immensely also feel free to check out our other podcasts